Hello, I'm Ed Glock with USA Mortgage. Tax season is upon us. Did you know that 47% of Americans are planning to use their tax refunds for everyday expenses, home improvements, and vacations? What if you used your tax refund for a new home instead? Again, this is Ed Glock with USA Mortgage. Your tax refund can be used towards down payment, closing costs, or paying down existing debt to help get approved. So before you spend that tax refund, let's get together and see how to best utilize those funds to invest in your future and your new home. Call or text me at 502-680-0953. Again, that's 502-680-0953. NMLS ID 448-908, DAS Acquisitions, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. You have scoured the podcast world. You have finally found the place where news is weighed in the balance. Welcome to Newsworthy with Stephen Jerry. Two words and two question marks. Jerry, what's up, my man? Hello, Steve. Not a lot. We are glad you were here. We're glad to be live on <laughs> Newsworthy once again. We're yes, glad we are. Everybody here. Um, man, it's been a hard week. That, uh, let's just right out of the gate. There's been a lot of bad news this week. We got to yep. cover some of it today. Uh, but you know what they say. As long as the bad news is news, we're still okay. Yeah, that's what you say. That's true. <laughs> Seriously, the, the day when you turn on NBC evening news and they're telling you about a Boy Scout that helped an elderly lady across the street, we're in trouble. Yeah. When that's the big news of the day, we're in trouble. As long as it's about someone being killed and a war somewhere, as long as that is news, by the very definition of news, we're, we're doing okay. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Man, I sound like I'm really loud tonight. Am I really loud tonight? I guess no. it's, nothing's really happened. Nothing's changed. Exactly. I'm just always really loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, not true. Good deal. So tell me about your week, Jerry. It was a good week. It was a very good week. It was an interesting week. I've, I think I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago about uh, starting to work training the artificial intelligence bot. And by the way, Double, I didn't see it until later, but you mentioned chat GPT. And yes, it's absolutely on that order. But uh, it's been a fun week. It's been an interesting week. I agree with what you said. There is unfortunately a lot of bad news that happened this week. And uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that later. But in the meantime, we'll uh, talk about how people can reach us. We have a couple of options. One, they can email us at newsworthywithstevenjerry at gmail.com. They can also text us on our text line, which is area code 540-709-1318. And we certainly hope that uh, more people will utilize that. I think you mentioned last week, and we certainly hope that, that anybody and everybody will utilize it. But there's people in a few countries that we've talked about 
that we would absolutely love to hear from and love to hear what brought them to our podcast in the first place. Um, yeah, it's interesting as you and I sit and look through the statistics at some of the countries that we've got viewers from and somewhere along the line, I've got to go, what the hell? <laughs> what brought these people to our podcast? Wow, Jerry, I left you alone for like two whole minutes. How'd you do? Uh, nah, who knows? Probably, probably <laughs> ran everyone off. Oh, it's all right. I think That's we're good. Part of it. I think it's fine. We'll be good. <laughs> Anywho, um, they, most people turn in for your ability more than mine anyway. I no. just probably do that. Not true at all. Oh. I'm the one that pisses everyone off. Well. I mean, I slam Republicans. I slam Democrats. Uh, put in a few for those in between. Yeah, that, that's pretty much everyone that I piss off. So tell folks how they get a hold of us. I just did that, Steve. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I told you I wasn't here. Covered that. <laughs> he, uh, in his defense, he, it is his turn to do recipe of the week, and he had forgot to bring his cookbook, so he had to go grab that. I uh, did, but I got a great recipe for this week. Um, it's going to sound kind of eh, but once you actually make it and eat it, it's delicious. It's one of those that uh, you really don't want to just trust me. Trust me. Well worth the effort, huh? Yeah, it is. It is. And there's not a whole lot of effort to it, to be honest. It's it's very simple. That's one of the reasons I made it. And it goes back to our world nights. It's where that recipe comes from. Um, so what was we talking about? Um, <laughs> Let me just jump in here with this recipe. Go. Since we go got it, it, we'll just go ahead and do it. Um, basically, this is called Chilean pizza. Obviously, okay. it's from Chile or Chile or however you pronounce it, where you come from. And uh, uh, basically, you have one pound of ground beef, half an onion, a large ripe tomato, uh, uh, two cups of grated parm or mozzarella, uh, banana or Hungarian pepper, uh, pizza crust, uh, olive oil. Basically, you fry the burger meat and all of the seasonings in the uh, frying pan with salt and pepper, stir that together. You're going to add the, uh, that goes on the pizza crust directly. You add, <laughs> told you this is stupid simple. Once the meat is done, you put it on the pizza crust that you've already heated up uh, and, and gotten brown. You put the onion, the tomato, the, the, uh, the burger, you cover it with oil, season it, it's delicious. So the sauce is simply olive oil? There is no sauce. Yeah, just olive. Just a okay. slight drizzle of olive oil. That's it. The meat, actually, it sounds like it wouldn't be um, uh, that good. But, hey, it really is. You should try it. Chilean pizza. Sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, talking about bad news. Um and I'll just be honest with you up front. This is a mixture of bad news and uh, dad joke, if you will. I was reading the other day that doctors say that <laughs> vodka that? nice. Well, I'm, I'm listen, sorry. listen to I'm it sorry. and then, then critique it. But I was reading the other day that doctors say that vodka nice is bad for your kidneys. I also saw that rum and ice is bad for your liver. Whiskey and ice, bad for your heart. I don't know about you, but the main takeaway from all that for me is apparently 
ice is really, really bad for you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I actually have ice in my wine. Yes, you do. And we got a weird kind of wine today. We we kind of went out on a. I was the the place where we get normally get our wine. We've tried just about all the sweet reds that they have. So I was yep. grasping at straws tonight. And we ended up getting Francia boxed wine. And it's, uh, they've actually, somebody at Francia must have been listening to our podcast at some point because on the box, even it says a chillable red wine. Yep, that it is. And apparently it wasn't chilled enough, and you are helping the process with ice. Of I course. will say this it's not very sweet. No, not it's a very not. sweet red wine. No, it's really not. And that kind of saddens me a little bit. I agree. One of the main things necessary for any good wine, as your wife would obviously wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Cold, sweet red. Yeah, speaking of her, she poked me in the eye earlier. I had to stop really? seeing her. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Anyway, you don't sound very excited tonight, Jerry. I'm very excited. Are you very excited? Yes, I am. Good. I am excited. I'm excited to yell tonight. I mean, what are we going to be yelling about? Oh, jeez. A couple of different things. A few different things. Seriously? Ukraine's back on your news? Well, it wasn't, but now it is. But and for a good reason, from what I've heard in the last couple of days. What's that? They decided to give us all our money and equipment back? Actually, yesterday, uh, United States, White House, Biden, whoever announced that we will not be giving F-16 fighter planes to Ukraine. Well, that's finally the first thing. But here's the thing. Let's just go ahead and get into Ukraine while we're while, it's, while you've broached the topic. <laughs> well, you mentioned yelling on one of your topics. I figured it must be Ukraine-related. Well, first of all, I, I, let me start and preface that by saying this. And, and a lot of times in America, in, in the media, in all the different things that we cover here right. and that's covered elsewhere in, in this country is all black and white now. And that's not necessarily According true. to the journalists that wrote it. Yes. So, and, and even to the people who hear it sometimes. And what I mean by that is, on this show, I often lament about us giving so much to Ukraine. Right. Just because I do that does not mean that I'm pro-Russia or pro-Putin. Okay. Same thing happened back when COVID became a thing, when COVID was first coming and we first had vaccines. If you didn't run out and grab the vaccine, the people who did were calling us anti-vaxxers or, or crazy people or whatever. And it's not that black very and white. overly dramatic. There was a handful of people that did that. Do you think that most people who got the vaccine were doing that? I think that there was a lot of folks that, um, I, I'm just saying that, I, th I think that, the, yes, to answer your question, um, there was a lot of overdramatic people about it on both sides. Okay. But I think it's okay to stop and ask questions. Sure. You know. And it's the same thing with my opinion about Ukraine. I just would like to know what our equipment is doing. And just as an example, 
back in March, right after Russia invaded uh, Ukraine, right. our current sitting president said that if we ever sent tanks to Ukraine, that is defined very simply, and he got real close to the microphone like this, and he said, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that would mean World War III. And then, of course, last week, we sent 41. We start agreed the, to. We start the process of sending 41 M1 Abrams to Ukraine. So, so the president said it in, in March or early the, when, when the invasion happened. I think it was March. It could have been May. Uh, that that would instigate or come up that that was the beginning of World War III. So are we officially in World War III? And if so, why have we still not made a vote in Congress to send this offensive weaponry to Ukraine? Uh, and again, that doesn't mean I'm pro-Putin. I'm just pro-Republic at this point. I'm trying to throw a flag up and say, can we at least have a, converse, a, a conversation at what point does our president just to get to send whatever he chooses to send, wherever he chooses to send it? You know, the powers, the War Powers Act that give him that ability was meant to be very limited in scope. Hey, we understand Congress can't get somewhere in an event of emergency. You have to be able to respond. This is not that. This is a, hey, I'm just going to do this. Yes, for at least part of it. Yeah. For parts of this. Congress has voted. We have had a discussion. And everybody that voted on it probably needs to be voted out. Because well, you're they... talking about the vast majority of Congress, which exactly. I know you have no problem getting rid of those. Not but I'm simply saying this is not a partisan issue. There has been huge bipartisan support, not only bipartisan in the United States. There has been worldwide support around the world uh, for helping Ukraine. And... To be honest, I agree with that. I, again, I don't know where to draw the line. I thought that sending tanks was going too far. I do believe that it will be in the world's best interest to prevent Russia from annexing Ukraine. I don't think there's any question about that. I think it would be a huge step in the wrong direction. Uh, with that being said, I still thought that sending tanks was going too far. Yeah, I agree. I, You know, I... I think sending any money when we don't have any money is going too far. I, I firmly so believe. So now we're finally getting down to it. You don't think we should send anything? We don't have anything to send. Sure, sure we do. No, we don't. We have tanks. We have artillery. We have missiles. We have tons oh, of stuff oh, yeah, to send. I did see that we're going to send because we did missiles. send. <laughs> we're going to send longer range missiles now. I Which just one? can't. Which long range missile? I just saw it today, and I don't have it. Noted in Everything I saw is we have, they have asked for very long range missiles, to, at which we have refused that. Yeah, well, the, my understanding is we're re, 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 re-changing that now the way we think. Yeah, I don't think so. Not um, from what I've read. But the bottom line is, we sent over almost $100 billion. We are $31 trillion in debt. We do not have $100 billion to send over anywhere. And if we did have $100 billion laying around, I think it's much better spent taking care of our people here at home first. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Here's all I'm saying. How much should we have sent? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Th- then how can you criticize the amount being spent without being able to say what we should have spent? What Unless you feel, question, as you kind of said a minute ago, that we should have sent nothing. 
Okay, if that's the way we want to go it financially, monetarily, we don't have it to send. We send nothing. However, we have some of these mothballed artilleries and we have some old tanks over here. We'll send you that. I'll be honest. You A minute ago, you started by saying that you're not pro-Russia. You're not pro-Putin. Everything not. you've said since then is exactly what Putin wants you to say. So you, you call it not pro-Putin. It's exactly what he wants you to say. I you and every other American. I, I don't, you know, honestly, I get that. But if that's where that puts me in that camp, then that's where I'm going to have to make my roost. Okay. Because I mean that. Unless you're going to show me in the budget, and see, this is why, to me, it's a, it, it has to come from Congress. And if Congress doesn't do it, we have to hold Congress accountable. If we're going to send $5 billion wherever, if we want to give... Joe Farmer over here, $100 to learn about the mating habits of Canadian earthworms. You got to show me where that money's coming from or where you're cutting it from because we don't have it. Well, right now we're borrowing $100 billion from other places in the country and the world and then sending it to, to uh, Ukraine and then we're paying the interest on that money. I, it, it's crazy to me. I just can't. I can't How many other countries are we doing that with around the world? How many other countries are we helping oh, when know. we don't have money? I understand. No, no, no. How many? Uh, all of them. I've not heard you <laughs> criticizing, much less every week on a multi per week basis. Because they're the not financial aid the that we're giving to but, the other countries. But you do Ukraine. Why? Well, because I think Zelensky's a punk. And there's no accountability. What facts do you have to back that up? There's no accountability for the equipment and or the money we've sent in Ukraine. Eight Ukrainian generals and above have retired for recklessly spending our money that we've sent them, that you and me as taxpayers have sent them on vacations and vacation homes and all of this stuff in Zelensky got rid of. So why is it that you have decided that it's a good idea to help for the United States to help Russia rebuild. To I the don't point think they it's a good That's idea. exactly what you're describing. No. Everything you're saying is I'm helping them do exactly that. That if we're going to send a dollar, you need to write a letter saying, or have some accountability to where said dollar went. No. That's all I'm saying. No, you're not saying that because once again, there's tons of countries, probably hundreds of countries around the world that, that we we're should helping. The same and you from. haven't said that about a single one of them, only Ukraine. The only reason I can right figure now. is that you want to help Putin get what he wants. You want, Steve, if we do what you said, Ukraine would now be part of Russia. Okay. Let me rephrase and you know myself. That. For anybody until our country is producing more than we borrow, any country that gets aid financially from our country should have to show it for an account, just like our, our ads say on this show. They should have to account for the dollars we give them. There. Are you happy? I don't care if it's Israel. Well, I, think I don't care if it's Iran, who we are supporting, even though they are threatening war against us. And I, if it's Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe should account for the money we give them. Well, Ukraine could do a better job of that today, accounting for the money that we have given them than probably any other country in the world. Real simple. We, the, what we have given them has prevented Russia from annexing Ukraine into Russia. Mm. So I is mean, that not accountable? 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, where are we going to draw the line? How much money are we going to give them? That, that's the question. How much do we not want Russia to become the former world power that it was? Do, does Ukraine tip the balance that much to Russia Probably. as far as becoming the Look at their economy. They have... Russia's the one thing that's limiting Russia and holding Russia back is their economy. We know that, right? Report come out a couple of years ago about the average number of hours that the Air Force pilot and Russian military spent in the air. And it was abysmal. It was, I don't know, two, three, four hours per year that they actually spent flying. Why? Because they don't have the funds. They don't have the funds for the fuel. They don't have the funds for the parts. They can't maintain the aircraft. They're using Russia's GPS problem. Yes, literally. They're, they're taking their phones and pulling up a GPS because the one in the plane doesn't work. Russia's problem is their economy. Guess what Ukraine has? A marginal economy. No, marginal? <laughs> I mean, they How do you define it? Because if they had a good enough economy, we wouldn't have to support their war against Russia. <laughs> really? That That's what it comes down to? You it has just, nothing you... to do with technology. It has nothing to do with Technology? The, they don't have the technology. All the technology in the world. We give them the blueprints on how to make it. Well, no, we give them. The, we do that. Then it is a technological problem. I'm just saying. I, I it don't is know not. Where, I don't know where the line is for this. I'm just saying. Well, you say that, send, but then you turn around send, and criticize every dollar that we send. You and you've even said it times tonight that you don't think we should have sent anything. I'm just saying, if you're going to back me into that corner, if if accountability's out of the question, then we don't send it. Period. And I got out of that corner by saying Ukraine has better accountability than any other country in the world that we're currently helping. And, you know, we'll just have to agree to disagree, I reckon. It just doesn't. Let's go back to the beginning. What was it that happened this week that angered you with Ukraine? The fact that our, and it had nothing to do with Ukraine, had to do with what our president said out of his own mouth. (laughs) A year ago. Yeah. If we send tanks, then that you can that is the beginning of World War Three. So are we okay. in World War Three? And if we are, why is our Congress not declared World War Three? Gotcha. That's no, all I'm saying. So it really wasn't something new he said. This is from more a result of last week, them announcing they were going to It was leftover leftover agitation. <laughs> we should be sending them tanks. I agree with he that. He asked for three hundred tanks. We sent him forty one. What's he gonna do with forty one tanks? Nothing. I mean, it's Germany. Well, Another like forty, so he's going to have eighty. No, we're sending tanks. more than them. I don't remember that. Oh, so he's numbers. going to have less than eighty tanks. How many does it take? How many tanks does Russia have over there? Uh, Russia has enough to eliminate eighty less than eighty tanks. Really? Oh, I'm sure of they it. don't have enough to capture any major city in Ukraine. At least they haven't so far, or what they have captured, they've lost. Yeah. Well. I'm not saying Russia Russia is the most sharpest tool in the shed. Sorry, Russia. We actually picked up some listeners from Russia. But they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, but yet without any less than 5% of the military of Russia, they've been able to not only stop Russia, they've been able to drive them out of 90% of the country. Maybe they're not the sharpest tool in the shed, but they've done pretty well for themselves, I would think. Ukraine. I didn't say that about Ukraine. Yeah, I said did. that about Russia. Right. And and my point was that even though Russia may not have it down on tactics, they don't care to keep throwing bodies at this. That's what I was getting at. I think it's a I think Mochi's right. There, there's a long game here. There's a short game and a long game. And I think as soon as the ground freezes there, Russia's going to become more Russia like. 
And then we need the to be scared. The ground froze long ago. Huh? The ground froze long That's ago. That's not the report I heard. And I'll, I'll look it up and we can talk about it next week. Well, first sure. of all, this war has been going on for almost a year. Right. So somewhere in that year, you well, passed the freezing point. The report that I read is when Russia first invaded, they didn't bring everything because they didn't want to take the whole country. But we can. Then why did they go to the capital? One of the first places they went. A lot of people say, and it's true, that the main thing they wanted was Eastern mm-hmm. Russia or Eastern Ukraine. The Donbass area and the area connecting Russia to That's Crimea. not where close to Kiev. Why did they try to take Kiev, the capital? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not Russian. I mean, you can say that they didn't want to take the entire country, but one of the first things they did was try to take the capital. Well, because that just makes military sense. If you want to collapse somebody, if you, you... want to take the entire country, yes. Yeah. If but you not... t- or so you're taking telling me that if someone came here and took Washington, that takes the whole country. Not a chance. <laughs> I'm telling you that if you wanted to take the country, you would probably somewhere along the line have Washington D.C. on your list. Sure, but just taking. The capital would not. I didn't say submit. that. I'm I simply saying. said, if you wanted to capture California and you said that was your objective, Why and suddenly you're California? in Washington, the question becomes, wait a minute, okay. is it only California you want? And if so, what the hell are you doing in Washington, D.C.? Let's save Same them the thing trouble. for Ukraine. Let's save us the trouble and just give them California. Well, I'm just kidding. The problem that's with that joke. is that's exactly what you want to do to Russia. You want to give them Ukraine. I don't. Yeah, you do. I just don't want to be the only people and the main people giving our our ability. Just you started by saying the only people. Really, the entire world is giving. Yeah, but we're giving a lot more than the rest of the world. That's not what you said. You said you don't want to be the only people to okay. be giving. France Sorry. is giving, you Spain is facts. giving, Great Britain is giving, Poland is giving, Australia is giving. I've got a friend that I know in Australia, and he was uh, told, I don't know, a month and a half, two months ago to pack his bag and be ready at any time to go. So so we are going to World War Three, basically. They're simply saying. We have basically, because Australia, we have 100,000 troops right now in Romania. Because Australia was Poland. put on notice. Certain people in Australia's military was put on notice. That means we're in World War Three. Seriously? What in the world does Australia have to do with Ukraine and Russia? Well, apparently it goes to contradict the fact that you made a minute ago that we're the only ones giving. And apparently we're saying, not. We have 100,000 active troops in Romania and 20,000 in Poland. I just, if those people step one foot into Ukraine, we need to do it with a declaration of war. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to do it, do it right. I think that's, everyone would agree with that. And I'm absolutely 100% convinced that that will happen. You're not going to convince me otherwise. I'm not trying. Our government is pushing for that as we speak. No, they're not. I absolutely disagree. No, they're not. Absolutely Absolutely disagree. Absolutely not. You have not name one fact. Give me one fact to back that up. Uh, I don't need facts. Exactly. <laughs> I, I Case don't. in point. I mean, the I fact, no facts, but this that is what we I'm have a hundred thousand troops ready to go in freaking Romania for one reason is all the fact I need. What is the, the reason? The fact that we have twenty thousand troops that have been moved to freaking Poland is all that I need. The fact that our president, Joseph Biden, 
said one year ago that if we send tanks to Ukraine, we might as well count it as World War III, and we just agreed to send tanks to World War III. There's another fact for you. That's all I need. You still haven't given one fact about what our government's doing that has convinced you that we're going to war. I just gave you three. None of them. None of them has anything to do with what the the price of tea in China. This has got nothing to do with it. Absolutely it does. The only thing that we're not going to do, I guarantee you, is if we do go into Ukraine, is we're not actually going to declare war. (laughs) Because we don't do that anymore, apparently. We leave it all to the president because we don't have a president. We have a dictator. And you can take that back as far as you want to go. We we did almost have a dictator. His name was Donald Trump. He tried to overthrow the government. You had no problem with that. Now you want to talk about dictator. I never heard you mention it. So you want to call Biden a dictator? Seriously? After remaining silent about Donald Trump's overthrow of the government? Seriously? I think there's a lot to be desired in that whole thing. Sure. Sure. Um, I didn't like see the Donald fact Trump that no president the has ever, there. You didn't see him on television inciting the people saying that we have to go to Capitol and fight. We have to fight very hard. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're already defending him. I'm not defending him. You just said that you didn't see him out there. Marching. I, I didn't. I'm just saying. Another defense. <laughs> You're defending the man who tried to overthrow our government. I'm absolutely not defending him. I didn't vote for him the first time. Didn't vote for him the second time. Will not vote for him the third time. Wish he would just go away right off into the sunset to be blind. Well, we can know. <laughs> just saying. So we can talk about more in Ukraine. Oh my gosh, I hope so. Because <laughs> I'm about to throw something at you. <laughs> 35 minutes, Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to get you the doctor to get them to improve your blood pressure medicine. I don't know what you're on, but it's not working. Oh, I've not even got started tonight. That was just a, a, a prelim. I wasn't even meaning to talk about that tonight. That's the truth. You brought that up. I didn't bring that up. Oh, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were talking about hollering it or yelling, and I was like, is it Ukraine again? So, whew. Let's talk about something less 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 yeah. intense, shall we? I've got several. You, you go though. I, I wrote that one up. I will. You go. I just want to say that, um, although in early in this man's career, I was never a huge fan. Um, okay. A lot of times, it's human nature to dislike or go against, root against when someone is just so good and so amazing. And uh, I grew to very, very much appreciate and I grew to like, and then actually I grew to cheer Tom Brady on. Um, It's very few times in your life. And fortunately, you and I have gotten to be able to do this at least twice that I know of. And that's to, to see the greatest player of all time in their respective sports at their prime. And uh, yesterday, was it this morning that Tom Brady sent a very short video saying, hey, I'm not going to do any fanfare. I'm not doing the long goodbye. I did that last year. Um, This year, it's short and sweet. I've decided to retire from the NFL. Thank you. Thank you, fans. Thank you, Bucks. Thank you, blah, 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 blah. And went out quick, silent, and done. And my hat's off to by far, and I guess it's an arguable point, but I don't necessarily 
think that it is that Tom Brady by far is the greatest of all time when it comes totally to the ground. He, he is it. He's done. I hope that uh, he continues his career as a broadcaster or maybe just goes and retort, retires and enjoys his retirement. I don't know. But, and I don't know if it the entire contract was negated because he came back and played, but hadn't he signed a huge broadcasting contract yes, last yeah, year? Yeah, like he'll, he'll, he'll have that. Anytime those guys sign a contract with a broadcast, there's always a clause in it that says, if a team calls, I can answer, and it doesn't negate the contract. RG3 had that same deal. Um, Gronk had that same deal. Uh most guys at their very beginning stages of their broadcast, uh, Drew Brees had that deal that if someone called and he was interested in going back to play, that he can do that. But uh, I think Tom's done. Uh, one of the sports reporters, and I forget his name, used a great word uh, to describe Tom at, at the end of the Bucks year, and that's just exhausted. You know, he, he made it a very good point that, being a quarterback in the NFL isn't just about throwing the ball on Sunday. There is so much preparation, no, no. so much uh, information you have to learn. You have to be in the classroom. You have to be in the film room for your next opponent. It, it is more than a full-time job. And uh, he just thought the time was exhausted and was ready for this and that he absolutely said it best when Tom Brady left it all on the line. So he left it all on the field. So, How I, much do you think Tom regrets? changing his mind last year and coming back? I don't think he does at all. At all? It no. cost him his marriage. So. I, you know, I don't believe that. I think that there, there's probably issues beyond oh, Obviously. That. But know? that was the tipping point that yeah. caused him to, or yeah, at least from I, everything that was said, that's why Gazelle left. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if that was the only thing, maybe they'll get back together. But I'm not going to speculate on what goes on behind their closed doors. Yeah. I still um, bet he wishes like hell he'd never come back. <laughs> I mean, he went could have went out on top. Instead, sure, he comes sure. back, has a horrible year, yeah. doesn't meet any expectations, well, gets a divorce because of it. Here's here's and I may be wrong, but Todd Bowles is not a head coach. I've never thought Todd Bowles was a good coach. Why they decided to make Todd Bowles the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is beyond me. He was terrible when he's a head coach in, in the New York in New York and Whatever, but there was a lot of dysfunction in that team, and it, you know, and maybe he did, maybe he has some regrets. But the one regret he doesn't have is he doesn't have that lingering thing in the back of his head. Say, well, I had I had one more season left when I left. He doesn't have that, and there's no regrets there. I'm sure. So, um, kudos to Tom. Enjoy your retirement. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> I just left that wide open for you, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I was glad to see Tom retire. I thought it was time. I agree. He was, he's exhausted. It's time for him to go. Uh, I really wish he'd stayed retired. I, I just, you know what we're going to remember about the end of Tom's career is this one last bad year. The fact that it cost him a divorce. I so wish we could have remembered the greatest player ever of going out on top. So yeah. I wish he had. Not unretired. Anyway, last week, a snake that escaped from its terrarium at a Kentucky school was found just a few feet away from her former home three months later. It took them three months to find the snake. Was it poisonous? No. Oh. 
Max Hopped, a science teacher at Walden School in Louisville, said that the corn snake, dubbed Gummy Worm by his sixth graders, escaped from her terrarium in the classroom shortly after she was brought to the school in September. The school said that 12-year-old Aspen Winter found Gummy Worm wrapped around a heater under a sink in the classroom after students returned from the holiday break. Oh. Apparently it was cold. So, a good news story. Yeah. Snake is found, non-poisonous, didn't hurt anyone. Look at you with your good news. Hey, we need some. <laughs> we can't keep having bad stories. I mean, you're going to have a freaking heart attack here on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, don't can't talk do that. You, can't talk to Ukraine all the time. No, can't do that. So, I got one more retirement to talk about real quick. Happened okay. today also. Any idea? No. One of the greatest... Heavy metal band members, lead singers of all time retired today. Really? Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. They were setting up to have a European tour, and he called today. He made an announcement that he's not doing the tour, that he's officially retired from touring. I would have sworn he retired in like the late 1800s. (laughs) You sure? Is this like his great-grandson or something? (laughs) I don't know how a man can sing. And can't, you know, he sings the songs perfectly, but can't utter a phrase. Utter a phrase. Yeah, forget a sentence, not even a phrase. <laughs> I would have thought the same thing. I, he did have a major back surgery last spring. Maybe that had something to do with it. Um, but Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Bat Eater Extraordinaire has retired from the music scene. Fine. Did you ever seen? What? In concert? Did you ever see him? Nope, never did. Many years ago, I did. But on a great show. Yeah, crazy dude, though. Absolutely crazy. Um, you've heard me talk about AI, uh, chat, GPT, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that's a big, big thing these days. It is. Last week, Representative Jake Auchincloss, I'm sure I massacred his name, but anyway, he's a representative from uh, Massachusetts. He delivered a speech on the floor of Congress, and the, the the historical part is that the speech was entirely written using chat GPT. Oh, wow. This, uh, yeah, an artificial intelligence chat box tool. I'm telling you, if you haven't tried it, go to, I think it's OpenAI that it's owned by. It's openai.com slash chat, I think, or if you just Google chat GPT. Try it out. This stuff is amazing. You're going to hear more and more about it. There's going to be more and more people who get their jobs replaced. Speaking of that chat GPA, when I start doing my listings, I think that that's a great way to do that. Because sometimes I struggle with that. Absolutely. Honestly. Speaking of real estate and mortgages and stuff. Yeah, the mortgage market is always changing, right? Was it today when Congress announced another rate increase? Yeah. Yeah, so once again, the mortgage market will change again. So it's important that you have your insurance professionally managed. Yeah, Ed Locke with USA Mortgage, he offers great customer service with more customizable options tailored to your financial goals and needs. So if you're looking to cruise into a new home, he could be the driver that gets you there. Yep. Just call Ed Lock at 502-680-0983. That's 502-680-0983. And find out how to get approved. 
NMLS want ideas 448908-Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, NMLS ID 227-262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and comply. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. Yeah, I just always love when uh, we talk about USA Mortgage. They're really good people. I use them. You know, every good real estate agent will have one or two mortgage people that they like to work with. And I like to choose the ones that are best for my clients that are going to do the best job, the most thorough job. And and uh, I am, have always been pleased with USA Mortgage. So, and it, so give them a call if you're thinking about a mortgage, if you're thinking about um, pre-approval, if you're thinking about that at all, he can run the numbers with you. He can tell you if you're ready and how much. He can tell you if you're not ready. And this is the part I love about Ed, um, is that if you're not ready, he will tell you exactly what you need to do to get ready, and he's going to be there with you every step of the way. So we don't just advertise Ed Lock and USA Mortgage. I actually use them every day. So um, glad time. to hear them, and, and they're good people. I put my name on it. So, anywho, um, what's next? Is it my turn? Or is it your turn? I think it's your turn. Uh, okay. Um, so, I got I, I covered the two easy ones to let my blood pressure drop a little bit. Now we're back to the hard stuff. Yeah, well, not really. Um, here in Kentucky, we have you know I'm always going to cover these mailers because I. I it's a good medium for people to advertise for their, we have a governor's race this year um, that are starting to heat up. And today I, in my mail, I got a Dieters for governor. Uh, it's for Eric Dieters and he is running for governor here in Kentucky. Um, we would, as always, invite Eric Dieters to come in here, to be on the podcast, to call in. Uh, but, you know, the last time we were talking about this, Jerry, we specifically asked, when is a politician going to stop slamming the other guy and actually just list what they want to do? Well, look at here. Hopefully he did that. Look at here. There you go. Now, you're not going to like this guy much. Why? Because <laughs> um, he wants to stop because of number two. to Ukraine. Huh? Because he wants to stop giving anything. No, to Ukraine. because of number two. And I'm just going to co- go through a few of these things that he's listed on the back of his things. Um, he is a Republican candidate for governor here in Kentucky. Um, but he has been very open about it, anything in his career. In fact, on this ad and in all of his ads, he's big on YouTube. He gives out his personal cell number. You call him, he will call you back. So I'm going to see if he can't join us here for, you know, a small segment on the show. Why not? Hopefully he can. Um, just a few of the things he listed on the back that he does, okay? Okay. He will conf- – this is kind of funny to me. <laughs> Only Eric will defend all of your constitutional rights to the death. I don't know exactly what that means. His death or my death? <laughs> sure. Um, here's number two, though. Before we invite him. Colin's okay, but we're going to invite him here in person. Let's <laughs> gonna, figure out whose death he's talking about. We're going to pat him down before he comes in the studio. I got you. <laughs> Only Eric supported, defended, and remains loyal to President President Trump from 2015 yeah. to now. However, oh, okay. the number three is something that I very much appreciate. Okay. Only Eric publicly denounces Mitch McConnell. Eric's not a 
career politician. And like I said, he actually gives out his personal cell number and he always responds. Um, to me, that's kind of a, you know, that's a big deal when you're running for a governor of a state of 15 million people. How many of these did you send out and how many people did you just give your number to? <laughs> and unfortunately, if he gets very popular, he won't be able to continue doing that. Right. There's going Absolutely. to be people who on the other side that will decide, you know what, I'm going to take up all of your time. We're going to have 14,000 people call you per day and you won't have time to do anything but call or us. Or they're going to throw in a bunch of traps and try to get them recorded saying something oh, stupid. of course. You know, that, that kind of thing. But that's... Uh, Here's the thing that I like, and I'm just, I'm going to scroll down through these. I'm not going to read them all, but he does support medical cannabis for any age and rec rate recreational cannabis for ages over 21 or 25. I'm not opposed to that. Um, he supports sports gambling and casino gambling. And in Kentucky, that's a big deal. Um, it's a very split issue in Kentucky. It's been on the ballot a couple of times. Uh, it's been very close a couple of times. It's always failed. Um, but we are losing so much revenue that people want to give the state <laughs> to Ohio and Indiana and even um, West Virginia because they all have casino games. Not for sure why we don't. Exactly. It's just a wasted opportunity. Um, let's see. Scrolling down there. One of the things I very much like about him is he's self-financing, meaning he's putting up all the money for his governor run. He's not asking for other people for that. Um, do you think the government should fund candidates? No, I don't. Because if you do that, you can get rid of political contributions. Yeah. Which means you get people who are elected that are not beholden to X number of groups. No, but they're beholden to the government at that point. Everyone, every candidate, every candidate is equally obligated. So how's that a bad thing? Mm. It depends Mm. on who's leading the government. First of all, there's no one person that's going to lead the government and decide we give money to this guy. We don't. It's not the way the system would work. The system would say if you can prove that you have above, a, you'd have to establish a certain criteria. You you got to meet certain level, have enough people sign a Can't petition. Can't the debate. Exactly. Once you get to that level, the government will give you X amount of money, and they all spend the same, and then you end up with two or three things. You don't have rich people who are buying elections. You don't have people who get elected but then can't do what they think is right because they have promised their soul to different companies and corporations. So I I think it's a win-win as long as the first thing that would need to happen would be to dramatically tone down elections. The fact that some of these guys are spending tens or hundreds of millions of dollars is ridiculous. You know, make it a small amount, have them all advertise equally and i think that would be a great thing why not just put caps on your spending limit why not and here's what because i'm saying it's anti-american i don't if, think that if, would ever pass the law that, if, that wouldn't be legal and how is the government paying for your campaign any better because i i i just think that if you don't want to be beholden to lobbyists you don't want to be beholden to certain groups that's a decision you need to make when you're running for but the beginning. poor guy doesn't have that decision to make. The guy that isn't rich doesn't have that decision to I make. Understand. So you're saying that you only want rich people to run. No, that's not what I'm saying. Well, at all. you just knocked out the rest of them. They have no <laughs> chance. Well, we'll find out soon. Big announcement coming. Jerry's going to run for office. Not. 
You and I had this discussion <laughs> before we started. I've never expressed interest in running for office. You had. Yeah. And I was I, like, you know, if, if we do this podcast, there's going to be way too much material available. Uh, it, it would preclude you ever running. Yeah, maybe. Like, okay. I mean, you know, this podcast means more to me than that. Um, if ever given the opportunity, though, I would probably still throw my hat, hat in the ring for some sort of office just to say I did it. I'm kind of that kind of guy. You know that, right? Yep. Oh, sure. I, I do a lot of stuff in my life just because I don't want to have regrets. I just for for the listeners knowledge, at age 32, I decided it was a good idea to become a professional wrestler. And did so. <laughs> and did so. <laughs> so I just decided that he did it. And uh, so it's like. Uh, Should I put links when I put up this no. episode? No, that was terrible. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's on YouTube, by the way. Go ahead and give him your stage name. <laughs> okay. So if you want to see some funny stuff. I'll give a plug to one of my trainers, Bob Murdoch. Um, he was the guy I wrestled. Yep. He's got a couple of videos up. One of them is of my very first match. Uh, it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I was no, terrible. It, it was. I got my butt handed to me. Uh, and that's okay. I made Bob look really good. But uh, you can actually find those on YouTube. Yep. And you just type in... Bob Murdoch versus Steve Lane, and it'll come up. And uh, prepare yourself for a hoot. <laughs> um, it's pretty funny, and it's there's good. a few matches that are in there on YouTube. Of, it's good watching of me wrestling years, and this is what almost 15 years ago yeah. now. So it's been a while. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> uh, Kylie uh, once told me instead of buying a Ferrari for my midlife crisis. I got an ambulance ride on standby. <laughs> <laughs> I really I'm hope that nice. 32 wasn't my midlife because if that's the case, I'm getting close to checking yep. out. And I'm not, what's that Kenny, Kenny Chesney song? Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to go today. Yep. <laughs> so anyway. Very true. Anyway, uh, I think that I've got a couple more things on my thing, Jerry, but I think you have something on your list that we really want to get into. Yeah. And it's, it's not a, 15 not a good minutes one. now. So we need, we need to dig into this like probably now. Yeah. Tyree Nichols. I'm sure everyone has heard about it. He, uh, he's the guy that in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, it happened, I believe three weeks ago when he was pulled over, pulled out of his car and severely beaten. And uh, went to the hospital and died three days later. And the videos finally made it out into the public. The police department released the videos. And some of, I've, some of the hardest videos to watch that I've ever watched of anything. And I've watched a bunch of bad ones. You know, George Floyd, Eric Garner, New York. Remember him? He was the guy selling the bootleg cigarettes. Yeah. He'd go to some other state that didn't have $10 a pack tax. And he'd yeah. buy them and bring them. And he's the one that got choked out. Uh, there's been a lot of these guys in the last few years. Remember Dante Wright? He was the guy that got pulled over for a traffic violation. He was getting back in his car. He, they said they were going to detain him. There was an outstanding warrant. So he like tried to jump back in his car to take off. And an officer said she meant to pull her taser. She pulled her gun and shot him dead. And her only defense. And I think she was, I think it was legitimate. I think she freaked out. Uh, she thought she had her taser. She was good at tasing. She shot him dead. There are just so many of these, but but this one was tough. Uh, 
Remember Philandro Castile? He was the guy. Um, he was pulled over for a traffic violation, had his hands on the steering wheel, and the cop comes up, and he does what you're trained to do. Sir, I have a concealed carry permit. I have a weapon in the car. Two or three seconds after uttering those words, the cop shot him dead. Yeah. He, yeah. There's so many of these, and they're all extremely tough to watch. This one was probably the worst. You this know, one for, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I have been in that situation as that man, and that's a scary situation to be in. Knowing that you have a gun or a firearm in your vehicle yep. and you're doing everything right, it's still a scary situation to be in because most of the time that firearm in your car, unless it's on your person, is not easily to get. Right. So what cops are supposed to do are pull you out of the vehicle, secure the firearm after you tell them where it's at, and then the conversation goes as normal. Right, and so many times that's just not the case. Uh, but I won't. I don't want to take any time away from Tyree. So let's go ahead and keep going back. Sorry. Yeah, it just so doggone hard to watch. Uh, do you remember the guy? Forget his name. Uh, he lived in an apartment complex. A police officer got off work. She came home. She got in the elevator. And she got off on the wrong floor. She got off one floor below her apartment. Yeah, I remember this. She walked in, and there was a young black man sitting on a couch eating ice cream. And she pulled her gun and shot him dead. Yeah, thought it was her apartment. Thought it was her apartment. Didn't bother to look and see that it wasn't her couch. It wasn't any of her furniture. She was, you know, he hadn't locked his door. So she went to where, you know, got off the elevator, made it right, three doors down, whatever it was. And uh, didn't realize she was one floor below and shot the guy dead. All these are extremely tough. This one, in this case, you had five police officers that pulled a guy over, Tyree Nichols, and pulled him over, pulled him out, beat him senseless. He at one point finally gets up and tries to run away. They tase him. They beat him, kick him in the head, use their batons. They beat him until he's almost dead. All the while, he's screaming for his mom. He must have been close to home. And when you listen to this video, he's not close to home. Oh. It was just a, a guy that probably realizes he's dying and, yeah. you know, just it's so sad. But uh, and when you listen to the video, this guy wasn't being adversarial. He wasn't cursing. He wasn't derogatory. He wasn't. He was trying to go along and do everything they said. I don't know what else he could have done. What? And he was beaten to death. Black guy beaten to death by five black cops. And and one of the things, you watched the video before I did, and you said, hey, just watch when they're telling him to do stuff. And one of the things you pointed out was at one point they were like, roll over to your stomach. Well, a cop had each part of his body. He literally had zero control over his body. So they're arguing at him to tell him to do something. The other cops wasn't, wasn't, I mean, they had the power to roll him over. Sure. And, and he had no power to do anything. Nothing. And he then they control. sprayed him with pepper spray. And they tased him. And eventually. Just, and when you listen to it, it's obvious that these guys have put some thought into it. So in days gone by, I'm sure before the body cams, there might've been audio. Uh, and if you'd only listened to the audio, you would have thought this guy was not, complying with any direction they yeah. gave him. At one point, they hollered at him probably 15, 20 times, get on the ground. He was already on, he was on the ground. <laughs> not only was he on the ground, they had control of his body. He literally could not move. 
and he's going, I am, I am, I'm on the ground. Get on the ground now. Later, they're asking him to, they say, give us your hands. There is one cop that has his left arm, one cop that has his right arm. He can't move either arm, much less his hands. And they're screaming, if you don't give us your hands now, we're going to tase you. And on and on. It's obvious that they're just trying to cover up the fact that they have total control of this man and continue to kick him, beat him, uh, and ended up putting him into a coma. And three days later, he died. Isn't that just, that's terrible. It is. Um, Question. There's so many things in this country that you can't stop. You and I have talked a lot, you know, and you you can, if you wish, you can have stronger gun laws. You're never going to always be able to stop the bad guys. If you get rid of every gun, which we can't do, there's knives. Many other countries have found that out. What do you think we should do or could do that would help this situation in the country as far as police reforms? What can we do to prevent this from occurring again and again and again. Well, here's what I think the first step is. I think the first step is if you are an officer and your body cam is not on while you're doing an arrest, you're done. I mean, that has to be first. That is not only their first line of defense to prove they're right, it's the potential victim or perpetrator or criminal it's their first line of defense if the cop is doing wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, Except that we have to start by making sure that the rest of them have body cams. Many, many, that, many of them I don't. Absolutely agree. That has, you know, we often have Clay in here, and Clay is all about not cameras, but he even agrees that body cams are the way to go. Um, it it allows. Um, Okay, Fuzzy, we'll get to that in just one second, man. Let me finish this up because I do actually have some thoughts on that. Fuzzy wants to know about what we think about Iran and their presence of warships in the Western Hemisphere. Um, but scary. Um, you know, I think body cams are the first line of defense. Yep. Secondly, when you have cops such as these five gentlemen, and I use that term loosely with air quotes, that have done this, the worst thing you could do is let these guys, these people off. You can't have a soft judge when you have five guys who the only difference between them and some of the gangs that are being viol- you know, battled in you know, the MS-13, the Crips and the Bloods, um, and all the many plethora of other gangs and motorcycle gangs, you're hard on them. you got to be just hard on these guys. This is five guys, and the only difference between them and your average thug is a badge, period. Yep. You don't slam them down. You're asking for more of this to happen, period. I absolutely agree, but it's not only the judges. It's us as the public absolutely. because the jury members in many cases, Come in most cases, yes, in most cases, it's not. Hmm. It's a jury by, it's trial by jury of your peers. It's not the judge. And in so many cases, number one, most of these police officers aren't ever charged. Secondly, when they are, very rarely are they convicted. So yeah. when they are, they're they're convicted to club, club. And this is where the judge is important. He's the one that handles the sentencing. So and when they are, they're convicted or convicted and sent to club fed, not general pop. Now I understand if you're that that's a very dangerous spot if you're a police officer and you're sent to general population. However, if you've committed murder, (laughs) 
as part of your little gang, guess where you deserve to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally agree. Your, your, your ability and your preferences as a police officer are hereby revoked, sir. <laughs> I found some of my notes. It was Bottom Jean. She was the female police officer who went into the wrong apartment. She thought it was hers one floor below and shot and killed a guy sitting on his own sofa eating ice cream. She was found guilty. And you mentioned sent to club fed. She was given 10 years. 10 10 years. years. She committed murder. Yeah. Was it an accident? Probably. No, it's not an accident when you pull your gun and shoot somebody in the back. And look around someone else's apartment <laughs> and don't stop to realize that not one piece of this stuff is mine. Remember when I mentioned Philandro Castile, the guy that had his arms on the steering wheel yeah. and informed the officer he had a concealed well, And was shot dead while his girlfriend was sitting there watching. And four-year-old child in the back. Yeah. That officer was charged but was acquitted. Never went to prison. That, that's crazy. us. That's the jury of his peers that says, you know, See, I, but I mean, it's a touchy subject because we all know that cops have a really, really tough job. You, know, you and I have said Risky that a hundred times, Jerry. A hundred times. Hardest job in the world. Yeah, it is. But let me tell you something that happened to me personally. Okay. I used to have a little Kia Soul dark tinted windows. Okay. And as a result, I it was a sport mine. It was a red zone package. It was a, you know nice sporty looking little car, deep tinted, air quotes probably illegally tinted windows. Okay. Okay. So when I got pulled over, the first thing I always did was roll down all four windows. That way they smart had, thing to do. When they come in, they can see what's in the car. You yep. know that's it. Almost letting them search it without searching. Yep. But they know what they're approaching. This man. This old white cop, and I don't know his name. I don't care. I'm not even going to mention the where I was when I got pulled over. But if I've ever been close to being dead, it was that day. This man came up to the side of my car, windows down, hands on the steering wheel, because I was speeding. I was in the wrong. I knew that. He had his gun halfway out of his holster. Yep. That's not proper procedure at all. <laughs> you want to bring your taser up? All the way out? Okay, fine. I get that. You want to unsnap your holster? I get that. No. To have your gun halfway pulled out of your holster? I went a little crazy. I'm like, dude, we're not having this conversation. What do you mean? Just hateful. Hateful. Like, I was the worst person on the planet. Yeah. And I'm like, until your supervisor is here, you with your half gun pulled out, I'm not talking to you. I don't feel safe. Yep. And that lasted that little, I mean, it could have been a quick speeding ticket an hour, right? Took over an hour and a half because yeah. I didn't feel safe. <laughs> Unfortunately, you didn't have one of the really bad guys. No. A lot of these people we're talking about, they would have drugged you out and beat the crap out of you and Absolutely. said you resisted arrest. And you know what? I probably would have because in that situation, you're fighting for your life. There's yep. a bit on the video with Tyree Nichols. He does get up. He does run. Yep. So I'd run too. No kidding. Because he knows that. <laughs> and if anybody's sitting die. in the jury box that says they wouldn't run in that situation, they get away and they're getting the shit beat out of them, pardon my French, they'd run too. I agree. <laughs> it's truly sad that we've got people like this. Hmm. The lack of humanity shown to him by all five of these guys was just, that's to me what made it so sad. Just total, absolute callousness. Callousness and, I mean, had the guy literally done anything? I mean, he was just, 
you are legally allowed to ask what you've done wrong without being drug out of your car. Yeah. You know, you are legally allowed to decide if you even want to roll your window down. Yep. You can, as long as you can communicate, you don't even have to roll your window all the way down. And, and I don't understand the mentality. I have very good friends who are cops mm-hmm. who I don't ever imagine seeing a story about this like this about. Okay. Because they treat people like people should be treated. But, and like we've said a million times, this is the hardest job in the world. It is. But if you, as a cop, don't justify and treat me like I should have rights, you shouldn't be a cop. And the first time this happens, like you, you'd ask, what happens? Why, how do we stop this? Body cams? And then we don't, we don't jerk around, basically, with, with the sentencing. There's an appeal right now from the guy from George Floyd trying to get his sentence reduced. Show Why? <laughs> yep. No, sir. <laughs> you, you did the crime. You, if, if that was somebody else, you'd want them to do the time. Park yourself, yep. son. You know, videos like this is why there's a movement called Black Lives Matter. Uh, and so many people have a problem. And I got to say that I probably did in the very beginning because the first response a lot of white people will have is all lives matter, not just black. But that's not what the movement's saying. When you watch this video, it's obvious that these cops don't think black lives matter. All they're asking is that maybe, hopefully, we can get to the point someday that our lives matter as much as yours. I'm not saying it's never happened, but where are all the videos of the white people that are getting blown away and treated like this by cops. Well, the statistics would, would disagree. No, no, no. Statistics as far as total number of shootings? Total number, not proportionate, just total number, because there's more white people than black in America. Right. So, But I'm talking people, about number of unjustified shootings. Oh, Where I, are I, those? I, I, <laughs> the videos we're talking about, there's vi- the, the, the cases we're talking about, there's video evidence. Yeah. If there's this many video evidence of this many black people being shot for no reason, just, you know if it's happening to whites, there's got to be some video. Or, sure. Where is it? I just don't understand why that in today's world, when everybody and their grandma has a video camera in their pocket, and every this business continues. Cameras outside. Yes, I don't. Part of this is captured on business I, video. I just cameras. don't understand the mentality. If you're, and this comes down to supervision, a lot of times, if you're a supervisor and you know you have a loose cannon on your police squad, you can expect this in the future. You, you, you have to be able to stop this. And if this even comes up, several of these guys had disciplinary action on their records. Why are they still patrolling Every one of these did, but nothing on this level or anywhere close. But I did read an article today that everyone did have some type of action uh, on their record. It's scary. I I don't know how you stop it all. What you mentioned is some good starts. I absolutely do believe that that, um, body cams are going to be required everywhere if we hope to get rid of this problem. And you can't justify that I didn't turn it on. We need some system that's going to automatically turn it on at certain. Yeah, if you're involved in a, a chase, if you're, these systems need to be activated automatically. At some point, too, Jerry, we have to come to the realization that our police departments like make a lot of bad hires. 
Yep, they do. And what I mean by this. I don't know about a lot, but several, way too many. Well, here's, here's where I'm going with this. You can Google and YouTube, and of course, you're going to see all the bad stuff first, right? But, right. and you can spend three weeks solid, no sleeping, no eating, no drinking, and just watch as police officer after police officer after police officer makes up rules as they go. Sure. Because the person they pulled over has a camera on their phone, and you can just see them. Well, I don't have a have to have a reason to pull you over. Yes, you do. Uh, you are demanded to roll your window down. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Law says, and, and it doesn't. Um, so maybe part of the problem or part of the solution is a whole lot more school or at least continuing education while you're on the force about some of the, you know, if you're primarily a patrolman, about what breaking and entering looks like. If you're yep. primarily a guy sitting on, you know, doing traffic control, that you have a better knowledge of traffic law, whatever the case may be. That would help. The, the whole point is here, I mean, first of all, in America, our rules and laws, there is no person on the planet that knows. I mean, not, not one person in America goes every day without breaking some sort of law. Nobody's going to expect someone to know every single law. But if you're pulling somebody over for a very specific thing, you damn sure better have the law in pipe or at least be able to pull it up in your book and show. <laughs> I just there's there's a whole lot of things we can do. And a lot of it unfortunately comes back to the officer and the supervisors because they're the ones that need to be held to a higher account. Yep. You know, I mean, they're the ones with the authority. They're the ones that we give the authority to make sure that everyone is on the up and up. I don't know. Sorry, I ran off with that. No, I, I agree. You just watch these videos and it breaks your heart. I mean, that's a young man that he's never going home. Got a four-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. Never going to know their father. And, four years old, usually you don't even remember at that age, so mm, they'll never know their father. Yeah. And and the one thing they will know is never to trust cops. Yep. You know, and what does that send? What message does it send? I stayed the night. I stayed two, three nights in Memphis at one time. And this was back in the 90s. I was doing an evaluation of the store down there. And in the middle of the night, woke up by automatic gunfire. You'll never forget that when you hear it the first time. <laughs> and it was, I was staying pretty close to Graceland. And Graceland is not in the best areas of of, of memphis mm -hmm. and that was a scary thing to be woke up with sure so you know again cops have the hardest jobs in the world but when you become a cop you know that and the vast majority i don't want to get away from this the vast majority of cops are doing a absolutely. fantastic job absolutely it's a few bad apples but holy crap how many it's yeah. just how many people are going to get shot if you're a good cop and you're working with a bad cop Say something. There needs to be something that you yes. can say without being having repercussions. And that's another problem is in the past, cops always stuck up for each other. Mm -hmm. They were hiding this. They were covering this up. And that's the one thing I've heard that Memphis police in this case real quickly was recognized is they were not going to cover this up. Good. The chief of police within a few hours was saying at a press conference and said the officers that pulled him over said that it was for reckless driving. I've watched the video, and all I can tell you right now is I saw nothing, not one thing to back that up. It's I don't know why they were pulled over. And a few, within a few hours of that, they were saying all five officers were fired. 
within Good. a couple of days, they're saying we have charged all five with murder. A few more days, and there was one or two more officers who came and observed, and two sheriff's deputies that observed, they were fired. Two EMT and one EMT supervisor have been suspended or terminated. I think terminated because apparently they thought there was enough stuff that they saw that they should have said something and didn't. Yeah. So th- these are ways that you, you begin you let, to solve the problem. You roll heads. You say this is not going to work. All five guys were a member of some special squad. The squad has been disbanded. The entire yeah. squad is gone. They're saying if five members were doing this, it must be prevalent in the whole squad. Right. The squad's done. You're Good. gone. Good. So I that's mean, yeah. Those things are. They've ways done everything you, right to this point. Right. And Memphis is still standing. Right. So, but unlike most many departments where you hear this happening you, you've got umpteen policemen who are trying to cover up and lie and fabricate and write false reports uh, yeah finally memphis is apparently trying to do it right you know, yeah, after the them. fact but yeah good for them did raccoon say something you wanted to address no no fozzy did or fozzy okay uh he, he put in that he he wanted to know what we think about iran and the presence in the western hemisphere and a little backstory We've been back and forth with Iran for several time for several years now. Fifty plus. Um, well, here recently, and we've not done anything to provoke. Iran is like that. Uh, they keep needling us. Sure. They're expecting and wanting to respond. I can't tell you how many times in the Gulf, the uh, Gulf. What is that? The uh, it's the Iranian Gulf, right? No. Anyway. Yes, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Thank you. It's escaping my mind that they've sent their little patrol bowls out against our destroyers and our cruisers, and we've had to fire warning shots to make them go away. And then in certain areas where we are, we're helping them learn and 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 do tactics. They've attacked us, and we've just kind of blew them off. Mainly because we're sending all of our time in Ukraine now. I guess I don't know, and um, we just keep blowing them off we're not really spending a lot of time with them and now they've sent ships through panama and they're in the western hemisphere with their ships um it's scary it's scary because all it's going to take is is for one of their captains to make a false move it's like i've said a hundred times the last few weeks this world is cruising for a worldwide conflict it is and it's, it's just going to take one bad apple, like we just said, to start this whole ball rolling. And, and it's scary. But when you get into Persian Gulf. Persian Gulf. Persian thank Gulf. you. Yes. I had to pull up Google Maps. To no, that's fine. Out, but yeah, Persian, Persian Gulf. Gulf. I couldn't think of it for the life of me. But here's the point. When you're in international waters, they have as much right to be there as we do. So Right. They do not have the right to come full barreling toward our, our ships. That's, that's asking for a fight. True. <laughs> but if they do, how do you respond? Yeah, like we because do. if you're not we fire careful, warning shots and yeah, if you're not shoot careful, we end up doing what you're so scared that we're destined Absolutely. to do and start World War Three. I, I think it's one. You know, they just moved the worldwide. What is that clock called? The uh, nuclear fall. The the uh, what is that clock? The nuclear know. clock that they keep moving up. It's like a tick. It's only like 30 seconds away from the end of the world right now. Um, really? Yeah. And a second's equal to what? I have no idea. Me either. 
<laughs> doomsday clock. The doomsday clock. We've just moved that up again. I mean, it's moved. It hadn't moved in 20 years. It's moved three times in the last six months. So, you know, I just feel, thank you, Mochi. She said doomsday clock. Um, By the way, the 100 seconds to midnight setting remained unchanged in 2021 and 2022. On January 24th of 2023, the doomsday clock was moved to 90 seconds before midnight. Yeah. Meaning that the clock's current setting is the closest that it has ever been to midnight since its inception in 1947. Yeah, which I don't know who was sitting around in 1947 smoking crack saying, hey, let's make a clock to justify what we're here and making a job, but whatever. Yeah. Um, anywho, a lot of, lot of dark in the world, guys. A lot of dark. Um, there is. So uh, I think it, you know, we often say it, but I think it means more than anything now. And if you can't see the light, be the light. Absolutely, because that's important to us today, and we just need to keep moving forward. So have a great night, guys. Thank you.